0: Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in to Java Jars. What you'll find here is just two Catholics trying to make sense of this mess that we call life, where thousands of coffee beans are harmed in the production of this podcast. My name is Emma Geis, and I'm accompanied by my co-host,
1: Gregory Kelka. I am the convert of the group, and Emma is our revert. We are just two passionate Catholics who's sharing a love of cold brew. We're adding some sass and a couple of recording equipment pieces, where we're going to really just talk about how God is in our lives with the lens of theology, philosophy, and psychology. Just a free disclaimer, tangents will occur. All right, everyone, welcome back. <laughs> uh, this is Greg Kelka with my lovely co-host... Emma Geis.
0: Okay, thank you.
1: That was, that was a struggle. That Do was you actually know how me. to spell
0: my last name now?
1: G-E-I-S.
0: There are no more S's and no more E's, correct? Correct. Good, it is just G-E-I-S. For, ah. long, for the longest time, I don't know how many <laughs> times I told Greg how to spell my last name, but in his phone he would always have it as G-E-I-S-S-E. I'm like, who the heck is that? Well, you know it, me well there was long? an E,
1: then I removed the E, then I just left the two S's. <laughs> so that, I, I'm not a snake. Well, let, let me double check to make sure in my phone that I did change that.
0: Okay, while you do that, I'm going to, we have a special guest with us today. So yeah, we're going to keep Greg busy for a little bit here.
2: Oh, is this the part where I speak now?
0: Well, you can speak if you want, but we have a wonderful guest, uh, Matt Carson, who is with us today. Hi. So, Matt, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
2: Ooh, what to tell, what to tell that would be uh, worth listening to. I was name dropped in the very first episode of this podcast because you all had to give your little spiel about how we all met. Mm. And I happened to be the third wheel, the, <laughs> uh, the third wheel. Wow, that made me feel really sad for myself. <laughs>
0: Yeah, don't feel sad. I'm yeah. normally the third wheel in just about everything that I do, so.
2: Yeah, I, I clearly know the feeling, but I, I'm the third person that was involved uh, with The Alley all those years ago with me and Greg doing music together, mm-hmm. uh, getting introduced to this Protestant uh, <laughs> campus minister, Emma Geis, who we listened to doing The Alley. Greg deciding, oh, she's going to come back to the the church.
0: You know, in some ways, those were the glory days. But I would say that they were the glory days only if I had the Eucharist.
2: Yeah, uh, I had the Eucharist. It was great. I did too. But, you know, you got there. You got there. It was really great. And I was the person who was there when Greg came up when you first came back to mass. And Greg was like, (laughs) called it. And he walked away.
0: You were very consoling, and I appreciated that. <laughs> well, that's... I saw the heart of Jesus in you. And, Greg, <laughs> I just saw this, I don't know who. But...
1: I, you still don't know what you see in me, do you? <laughs> oh my
2: good, no. <laughs> well, I know. and to be fair, I guess that's probably a good way to describe me is the very consoling person, the other person who is there for— To clean um, up my messes. <laughs> well. That is a very valid point, Greg, and you know it. Do not argue that. So Greg and I are roommates, so yes. I could probably uh, give testimony of how that's true, but I'm going to be <laughs> really, very nice. Um, I promise to be very nice on this podcast.
0: So we're, we're really happy to be able to have Matt with us uh, today. We're going to... A couple of people have asked if we could touch on the topic of discernment yeah, uh, and being able to hear the voice of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so we want to dive into that today. And I know the three of us have had very uh, interesting, but yet beautiful moments of discerning what does it mean to hear the voice of the Lord? Mm-hmm. Uh, I know at least for Greg and I, there are a lot of times we can get stuck in our heads. And yep. so yep. when it, when it comes to making some sort of decision or discerning something, and then it's like we have that aha moment and it's like, our world just got flipped upside down,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I mean that just happened to me last week but and Matt, on the other hand, is more of a i, I feel at least on the outside, he comes across as an even keeled kind of person i don't know what typically goes on in his heart, but he also is very wise when it comes to being able to hear the voice of the Lord mm. and being able to separate uh, the voices of the the world versus the voices of Uh, what our Lord is speaking to us. And so we thought that he would be just a really wonderful uh, person to be able to bring on the show with us. And so I, I guess, Matt, could you just tell us a little bit about like, what are some of the key elements? Like when you, when you are seeking to hear the voice of the Lord, what are some of like the baseline key elements that are very essential?
2: I would say that it definitely cannot happen without um, prayer as like a solid backbone and a solid and firm foundation. And I think your prayer should look, there are there are a couple of things that I think are necessary in your prayer life. You know, it's one thing to say, oh yeah, I pray every day. Um, but, you know, uh, it's, well, I pray because Lord, I want this thing in my life or Lord, I want that thing in my life. And, you know, people say that they pray all the time, but what, what is your prayer really consisting of um, for me? Spending a lot of the time reflecting on our Lord in the Scripture is absolutely, absolutely important. I don't think that. I don't think that you can get the kind of knowledge or the wisdom infused from the Holy Spirit without being willing to spend time approaching Him in the Scripture. That, that's so important, so necessary.
0: When I think we talked about last week when we uh, recorded our our podcast on scripture. We talked a little bit about Co Divina Mm. and being able to hear the voice of the Lord through that and and work with that.
2: And that's such a great tool because that in itself is turning the scripture right back into being a prayer because you are very slowly, meditatively going through the scripture. It's like you're breathing it in and breathing it out, letting the spirit guide you into one particular word or small phrase. And then the thing about like discernment and having like this type of prayer is not even so much that you're f- that you need to force anything open but that you just need to be open yourself and then the spirit can reveal himself to you uh in a way that you need in that particular moment and Lexio is such a great tool mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm.
1: I think one of the biggest struggles I think uh, when it comes to like discernment and stuff, like, you know, how do we know it's God's voice? Right. Um, is there any like key markers that you can think of, like really that, that you can say, oh, that's clearly my voice or oh that that's clearly god's voice speaking to me because like, even yeah. right
0: even within lexio yeah. you know when you're praying with scripture you could be tempted well is mm-hmm. this my voice or is this mm-hmm. the lord's voice like how do you how do you dive even deeper into that with your prayer life
2: yeah and that's something that i think that especially if you are beginning the period of discernment you are going to want to spend time really reflecting on where does the boundary become what I want to put onto the the Lord and what the Lord is coming to me to speak. Um, there are a couple of very easy uh, keys that we can use that at least I have found to use to help me in discernment. Um, one, If the, if the voice that you are hearing, and it's important when I say voice, I don't just mean like a physical or auditory like thing. I mean, kind of like a thought or an expression or an idea sort of, or a stirring in the heart. If that, if that is consistent with what we know to be the revealed word of God, that is a good sign. So if you are if you're spending time thinking about, you know, our Lord and the feeding of the 5,000 and all of a sudden you get this stirring in your heart that says something like, well, maybe behind a tree our Lord had 4,000 extra loaves and countless fish and stuff like that. And he was just a really nice guy. Well, that contradicts the nature of the miracle of revealing our Lord's divinity and the feeding of the 5,000. So it would be pretty, easy example of saying, well, I think that that's just um, my own imagination, my own rendering, and my own take that doesn't contribute in any meaningful way to learning about the heart of our Lord in that scripture. Mm. So that's something that you can kind of throw to the wayside. So if it's consistent with what we know to be true revealed by God in the, the scripture and having a good knowledge of what the church teaches with regards to this is also really important. So stuff that we pray through and we discern through should, be consistent with church teaching as well. This is why it's really important to know and be like catechized in the faith really well. Mm -hmm. Like that's another important tool. Like, is it consistent with the word of God and with the revelation of the church? That's, that's an important step right there. Mm -hmm. Um, Another important step is, is it consistent with the Type of temperament of a person that you are. Ooh. Ooh. I didn't
0: even think of that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. This is actually something I didn't really think of either until a little while ago. I was reading a book on discernment written by um, a man named Father Michael Scanlon, who's a, a third order regular Ooh. Franciscan, former president of Franciscan Shout University.
0: Franciscan University. <laughs>
2: yes great place but he wrote a book do not
0: roll your eyes you and i are both alumni of there
2: (laughs) i am not neither am i
0: he's still rolling his eyes anyways shout out to franciscan
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah but like something that's consistent with who you kind of are as a person you know you can take an honest like self-inventory look at who you are so like greg Mm -hmm. you're Boisterous, yes. We're gonna use that word. Wait, shocker. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm like, flaming one of, extrovert. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's no way around that. <laughs> well, that flame is from the Holy Spirit, though. Exactly. So, one of the things that you know you would do if you're thinking about prayer and discernment is you know what your attitude and your sort of outlook on life is, the way you comport to yourself. Mm-hmm. Like what are ways in which you are going to make a decision about what you're going to do in life? You, if you know it's consistent with uh, the teaching of the church, with the revealed word of God, does it match who you are as a person? Mm. That's something to think about as well. Because if, if it kind of goes against who you are as a person, so if your likes, your dislikes, your temperaments, your moods, sometimes that can be a necessary thing because sometimes the, there's, there's an attachment to a sin or an inordinate desire that's bound up in our emotions and our temperaments, and that needs to be outrooted. But other times, God wants us to use our natural talents and our gifts and just the way that we are in order to express his, his beauty and his kingdom. And that's an important thing to take in stock with discernment too. And all of these things, like I've mentioned just these couple of things, but they, they kind of come together in one final thing, which I would say is the most important thing, because if everything else falls into place, this is the one question you should ask yourself. Does this cause me to fall further in love with God or not?
0: Mm. Mm. I think that's like the key one right there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can't get to that without knowing and without being able to Uh, walk through those other steps as well exactly exactly i've been spending a lot of time recently uh, a couple of my friends well we've talked about maddie we gave her a shout out a couple weeks ago and we'll throw rachel out there too uh last week a couple weeks ago i don't remember time is all mushy now Uh, (laughs) um but we we were we were talking we started talking about just who we are like personality types which has been a conversation many times with us but then like our enneagram types which also focuses on like our weaknesses Mm -hmm. like where areas that we struggle and it's interesting to learn more about yourself like when you realize what type you are and whatever like not categorizing yourself per se like saying oh well this is Mm -hmm. who i am you know no but just to help you understand who you are and like think through different things in a different manner uh It was amazing, like, when I read through some of the things, like, that I'm weak at are Mm -hmm. things that actually, like, really stick out when I'm trying to discern something. Yeah. It's, like, they're magnified times, and I never, like, I never really put that to anything until I started really... digging into like deeper of like, wow, this is like really who I am. Like, how do I work
2: yeah that's, through that? Yeah, that's really, really important. And I think it's something that's really overlooked a lot mm-hmm. of times when people are talking about like discernment and thinking about what they want to do. And, you know, it goes from just sort of the smaller decisions and the daily decisions that we make in our life. And it goes all the way to like the big life-changing decisions. Mm-hmm. Like how many how many times do you know people or you think about or we hear about people who they have like this idea in their mind that they want to be holy. Mm-hmm. And okay, so what does holy mean? Well, priests are supposed to be holy or nuns and religious sisters are supposed to be holy. So I'm going to go and just set my mind on that and I'm going to go and do that. And the person who does that... Maybe they're they're not, they don't have the intellectual, like, uh, capability necessary to study all the things you need to study to be a priest, or they don't have necessarily that heart for service that a person who is, say, uh, a little sister of the poor, a missionary of charity, like, really does when they give the entirety of themselves Mm -hmm. and maybe like their heart is set on finding a man or a woman to become their husband or their wife so that they can have a family and they can have those really close intimate bonds because that's where their strength comes in. Like a close one-on-one bond, very intimate um, relationship and desire to be a part of a person's life in that close, close way. Like, Those are things that kind of get shown through the kind of people that we are. Mm -hmm. And in all of those things, no matter where we decide that we're going to go in life, like the ultimate goal is that closeness with God, Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. to be united with him, to chase after his heart. And if our temperaments show us that chasing after his heart looks like a marriage for us, then we should focus ultimately our efforts on discerning what a holy marriage looks like and asking for the grace to be a holy husband or a wife, or if a person's temperaments fit that of a consecrated religious or to be a priest, a brother and a sister, a nun, a monk, they should be asking and maybe considering and just saying, Lord, what if you want this life from me? Like, what are the things that you need to put into my
1: life to help that Mm -hmm. like happen. Yeah. Right. I think what you're really hitting here is the fact that when it comes to discerning, like uh, you, you you, you really need to delve into, it's not really discerning what you can do, but who you are. Uh, in the light of Christ, right I would absolutely agree with that yeah. assessment um, and, and that's
2: that 's a big part of yeah. just my own experience of how i 've come to view like how relationship with Christ in our faith and in especially in our Catholic faith tradition needs to needs to be set in order is that it 's not so much about us existing and then being creatures that have to do something to God, but us existing as creatures that were made by God, who is love. Mm -hmm. So discovering who we are, which is loved and made for love and made to love like that is who we are. And then when we discover that, and how it looks for us as individuals we can ask for the grace to be able to become that. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think like that even begs an even deeper question like it, it's like at, at the core of this is like we're trying like discernment is about figuring out how to be loved I feel like you know and I think that's the biggest struggle that's why people have a hard time with discernment is because how are, how, 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 am I loved? You know, how, how can I experience that? Because we're all experience God's love in different ways. Mm. Right. Um, so I think that's something we all always need to take into account. Right. Just because you hear God's voice um, when you are discerning something in a, in, in a certain way, doesn't mean I'm going to hear it that way. 90% mm. of the time when I'm like discerning something with God, it's coming in real sassy, like, Right. Like, I get a lot of sass because that's how I can receive that love. Because, like, if I'm too serious all the time, I tend to heart. My heart gets really hardened. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that's something like understanding how you are loved. And from that, you can figure out where love, God, love itself is in your life.
2: Yeah. And that's something that you mentioned about the Lord being kind of sass. And that's, that's a really great thing for you. That's, that's an amazing gift, mm-hmm. um, especially since our Lord does have a sense of humor and everything. Now, I tend to notice when I spend my time praying and I spend my time uh, before the Lord, that when he really, really, really wants me to do something, it's not so much a sass that he'll give me, but it's like an incredible tenderness of heart mm. there's like an incredible almost sort of it's like my heart has been replaced with soft serve ice cream whoa <laughs> yeah,
0: now i want ice cream
2: deets is run <laughs> Ooh, that would be great
0: i'm so full on watermelon right now mm. uh, but no matt i can kind of relate to that like It's when the Lord really wants you to do something. It's amazing. It's not he's not talking in a sassy voice anymore or, you know, a a sarcastic voice. Sometimes I feel like he talks to me in a sarcastic voice. I don't know if that's possible, but that's how I perceive it. But it comes from. uh, No, I want like I deeply want you to do this and this is why I want you to do this and like really allowing to feel his heart, to feel the depth of his sorrow or his joy or his happiness, whatever it may be like to really feel the depth of that. And -hmm. like, it's in those moments, I think back to the verse in Ezekiel 36, where he says, you know, I will remove that stony heart and give you a fleshy heart. Like, yes, that's so great. That is like where in those moments of deep desire for him to want me to do something. It's where I like Experience that the most.
2: Yeah, no, that's that's really really wonderful, um, and that's something that. We think about and you know, okay. The Lord sometimes uses that wit and uses that sarcasm. That's a like that's a fascinating word, sarcasm. If you know anything about me, you guys know me. Etymology. I love etymology and I love dissecting words. Mm-hmm. That word, sarcasm, comes from two Greek words um, that mean to tear at flesh. So sometimes sarcasm, I think a lot of times in modern context, it's a very negative word, but sometimes it's used in a positive way because there's like Dead flesh sometimes that's around us when we have fears when we have distractions when we have our own expectations that kind of need to get cut away before the Lord can get to the heart of what he wants to tell us in mm. discernment and that's that's a necessary that's a necessary thing like a very quick example, a very brief example would be I kind of in my own story, so as far as how I am here. Um, thinking about vocations. I live here, I live with Greg, Mm -hmm. and I work here in in this lovely town of Finley, Ohio. And for a long time, I've had this call to vocational ministry just kind of sit on my heart. Mm -hmm. And it's been there for a really long time. And I've kind of put up roadblock after roadblock kind of in the way to be like, oh, well, you know, there are some problems with Uh, my education and not being able to finish college back in the day. Uh, Well, there are uh, are a couple of girls that, you know, I've had close friendships with and in fact have had romantic feelings towards. And and just one after the other, the Lord has just kind of knocked those those things down, like just taken them out one right after another and said, look, here's something that's bigger than that. Here's Mm -hmm. me. Here's a love. Like, here's love and you want to love. But your love is meant to be bigger than just a romantic relationship and just like one group of people. It's meant to go out to more and more people than you could possibly imagine. Mm -hmm. And that sort of culminated with me finding this community of Franciscans. And it was a little bit of an off sort of thing because I just decided, you know, I had some experience with these uh, men in the past and they seem to be very holy men and very devout and filled with gospel joy. And I decided to just fill out a, a vocation request form. And usually when I had done this with previous orders, I ended up I would end up playing like vocation tennis with like the email emailing the vocation directors uh, back and forth. <laughs> Really, really kind of obnoxious. And it would get buried under their uh, mountain of other emails and other work that they would do, and nothing would come of it. Within four hours of me filling out this vocation contact form, I was contacted back by the vocation director. And then the next day, I set up my first phone conversation. And then the day after that, I had a, a, a come and see visit where I got to see these men in community and experience what that community looked like. And it was just really wonderful. And mm-hmm. that kind of brings up like another thing too, is that sometimes like when it's the Lord calling you into a place, you don't really have to do all that much. You just have to be open and, yeah. and things will take care of themselves.
0: But even in that instant too, like you have to to also be careful. Like, yes, the Lord may be calling you to that. And he may be opening those doors, but it could also, Uh, it it could also be because of your own will too Mm -hmm. that it started. Mm Well, I've, you know,
1: one of the key things like you guys know, like I, right now, I'm discerning the vocation of marriage. That's what all dating relationships are, right? Like if we are honest about it as Catholics, we understand that dating isn't just a date. It is discern the vocation of marriage. Um, So like, prior to this you know like when i first entered the church i was really heavily thinking about like the priesthood right um and entering mm-hmm. into that vocation. i've been on uh like one of my good friends father father kyle Gase. i met him at a uh, a discernment uh, retreat weekend uh with the diocese of toledo right that's when i first met him um But, uh, so like I'd been on these different discernment retreats and stuff. Um, and then, you know, it was, it was kind of coming to a head and finally, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm probably like, okay, God, I don't get it. And then very, like very simply put, like, God was just like, who is this about? Who is this, this, this vocation about? Um, first off, Um, you're you're gonna feel peace, right? You're gonna find this this sense of peace, and it won't be immediate, and there will still be anxiety, regardless. I feel like, um, Mm -hmm. but first you will feel peace, and that's what I found. Second off, or secondly, I started to think about if I were a priest or a religious, right? I would, I know, I would be going straight into more your, um your evangelization kind of route, right? To be out in front of people and knowing myself, I like to talk. Shocker, right? I would never have <laughs> so, guessed. So I like, as I kind of started going down that train of thought, God kept questioning me. Who is that about? Who is this going to be about? Is this going to be a, a, and then that question started to come. It, would it be about my, my flock or would it be about me? look at me, look at what I've done, what I've been through. And like that very clearly started coming through was just like, if I were to be a priest, it, it would have been about me. I feel like, and like, I'm not saying that I've shut off that route, like at no point, like, I I don't know what my vocation is until I'm, you know, living it. Right. So until, you know, there's a ring on my finger, right. Or, you know, I'm kissing the altar. Um, so uh the become like, eastern
2: right do both <laughs> uh no 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 there's not can't. enough
1: silence yeah you can't do that <laughs> but uh yeah like i think the, the biggest key for me i found when when discerning my my vocation was like who is who is my vocation about if it is about me then it becomes a selfish thing, a selfish personal want. Instead of me living out, if if I'm truly living out God's message is to live for others, right? Mm -hmm. And then I started thinking about if I got married, that's one person the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. I don't get any time. Like I I don't really get, I got to go back, crawl into the same bed over and over again every day with, and I, I started thinking about that. I'm like, that's going to be hard. That's going to be hard. It's going to push me to be a better version of myself because it's going to make me uncomfortable, but in a good way. Right. And I started finding peace with this Uh, and you know, soon enough I wound up in a relationship. Right. So I think that's kind of your, your keys to like, one of the keys that I found when thinking about my vocation was that, you know, where where do I find peace and where is this, not, this vocation not about me?
2: Greg, I really think that you hit it. You just kind of hit the nail on the coffin like three minutes ago. Yeah, I know. I know you go on for a little long, but you really did hit the nail on the coffin when you said the phrase, who is my vocation about? Mm-hmm. Like that is that's just incredible because, yeah your vocation is your own. Like mm. this is your story that God is telling you. But it's like when the, the scholar of the law approached our Lord and said, you know, what a teacher, what is the, what are the greatest of the commandments? And our Lord said, you know, you shall love the Lord, your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your strength. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So you love yourself because you're very thankful for the gift of life that you have received from God. But beyond that, your love and your devotion turns back to God and to others. And what does that look like in your life? That, if you find an answer to that, then you have found the answer to the question of vocation and discernment. And all the other discernments that you do throughout your life are just things that help that final discernment. Mm
0: -hmm. When I do want to add to like, especially when it comes to vocation, like the Lord, he's a gentleman. Mm -hmm. He doesn't force anything. The, he invites us, right? Yes. Like he invites us, whether you have, a calling to religious life or marriage, whatever it may be, it's merely an invitation. Yep. And if, even if you say, you know what, Lord, like if he's inviting you to religious life or the priesthood and, and you say, you know what, Lord, like I really don't truly desire that. Like he mm. grants you those desires too, because he wants nothing more for them to see us happy.
1: Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like he's
0: not going to force you into something that you really, truly don't want to do. Mm -hmm. And like, that's like realistically in any kind of decision, especially if it's a good and a good decision, you know, like, okay, well, one's probably a little bit better, but the Lord is merely just inviting us to do that.
1: It's uh, what you're, I hear you saying is that it's not like God's going to limit the amount of grace based off of what you discern. Like say, say God's really calling you to be a priest, but you wind up getting married. It's not like he's going to lessen the amount of grace that you receive.
0: Well, he's not going, it's not going to thwart his plan for yeah. your life. Like his will and his desire and his plan for your life and the miss- mission that you are called to do will be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. We may just take, you know, different paths to get there.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: And one may be a little bit more joyful than the other, but being single, being married, being uh, consecrated religious or a priest, like none of them are higher than the other, yep. especially when it comes to serving the Lord. like if we, Like a yeah. single person can be just as faithful in serving the Lord, you know, mm-hmm. as a priest. Exactly. And yep. so it's like it goes back to what's well, an invitation? Where do you find that joy? Mm-hmm. Where do you feel most at home? Where do you feel most loved? And then how do you how do you go about do like continuing that and acting on that
2: yeah and and that's something that again it it continues it's it's a process yeah. you're not gonna begin the the process of discernment um, at three o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> and then finish up by the time dinner's ready yeah. uh, that evening because let me tell you i've been I've been in the period of discerning like a call to religious life for At least seven years now, Mm -hmm. like off and on uh, where it's been actively like in my mind and on my heart. So it's something that takes time to work through. It's something that you cannot do without that prayer life, Mm -hmm. without frequenting um, the sacraments and without making that time for that quiet to listen to the Lord's voice, which is still and small, Mm -hmm. which is found in that peace that you receive. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you take the time for those things, like even, even starting with the more easier decisions in your life like like the type of mentality and temperament you want to have like during the day like those things help with greater discernment like you you build stones and stones on stones and pretty soon you have a whole mountain
1: i I know there's some people out there like me sometimes i like i get stuck in my own head we all know, like, I Mama, mean, you know this, Matt, you know it. I get stuck in my own head. So with discerning things, I also find it uh, very useful because I have a spiritual director, Father Jason Colley uh, in Bowling Green, Ohio. Um, what a shock. So do I. Oh, well, look at that. <laughs> and like... Uh, so don't feel like this is something you have to do on your own.
2: Oh, like, this is absolutely certain, something that yeah. you should do, um, especially for the really, really big life decisions. Yeah. This is something that you will want to have a spiritual director, and, and a competent spiritual director.
1: Real quick. I mean, uh, if you're, you're trying to figure out how do I find a spiritual director, contact your diocese. They'll have a list of spiritual directors for their for your diocese um, and then their specializations, right? Um, so go ahead. If, if you're looking for, fi- to find a spiritual director, please contact your diocese. Uh, they're more than willing to help you out. Um, but, uh, I think we've, uh, we've gone on long enough. Uh, there's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I don't, just I don't think r- there's
2: too much more that we can say
1: about this. <laughs> so
0: no, but we, Matt, we yeah. want to thank you. Yeah.
2: Just yeah.
0: Your, the wisdom that you brought and mm-hmm. just, uh, your words and, uh, knowing that discernment can be different for everyone, but ultimately yeah. it points to the Lord. So
2: yeah, I want to thank you guys for having me on too. I've yeah. I listen when I can to your guys podcast. I know I'm a couple episodes behind. Don't be <laughs> mad at me, but you guys are doing a really good job here and I'm really thank happy you. to be a part of this tonight. Wonderful.
0: Well, Matt, would you actually close this out in prayer? Yeah.
2: I would be very happy to. Wonderful. All right. In the name of the father, the son and the Holy spirit. Amen. Lord, we thank you tonight. And we just thank you for that these wonderful paths that you're calling us down you know, the paths to give glory to your name uh, the sure paths for our feet you know the world that we're walking in, it has many roads, and there's chaos and confusion and and noise and frustration, but we we just believe and we trust and we give you thanks. That in the quiet and in the silence of our hearts, that before you, hidden under the beautiful veil of bread and wine, within that beautiful sacrament, in those tabernacles throughout the world that we can hear your voice and we can discern your will and we can know what you are truly asking us to do to best love you and others. And I pray that for, you know, my fellow, my friends here, my friends and all of the people listening here, that you would just open up your heart, that you would open up your heart to them and that you would send down your Holy Spirit that gift of wisdom, that gift of knowledge and understanding. But even more than that, that flame and that desire to love and to see your kingdom brought about in our hearts and to see your Father glorified in heaven. Lord, we thank you and we give you all glory to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, ever shall be, and will be forever. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: All right. Well, thanks for tuning in this week. Mm -hmm. Do you have any funny tagline that you want to say? Mm -hmm. Okay. No, I
1: I, I got nothing right now.
0: Okay. (laughs) Thanks again for tuning (laughs) in. No of our prayers for you. And we do ask that you pray for us. And uh, may you continue to find the Pentecost joy of the Holy Spirit, even throughout this ordinary time. And uh, yeah.
1: God God bless bless everyone.
0: Yay, vocation! <laughs>